I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind, and the business got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know, the street nerds got no time for no caca. Sass in class, yes, that's Mr. Bolakaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. You're pinning words all like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the Rant Room. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room, where we keep it real, we keep it opinionated, we keep it what, everybody? Wakanda. Wakanda. Yes. I didn't hear you, Pilar. Wakanda. (laughs) (laughs) It's okay. It's okay. It's okay. Y'all know how we do it on the Rant Room. On this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories. Craft and shit like that. <laughs> yes. Pilar just, just loves it. We can cut yes. on this one. <laughs> She's always like, oh, we're going to have to cut that. I know. <laughs> <laughs> I remember we did her podcast for the first time. Literally, I was sitting like, my hands. I was going to have to like slow down and concentrate. Like, watch your mouth, Lisa. <laughs> it does be on your explicit next time. Yes. Right. So, y'all hear her voice over there. Little misinterruption. Oh, oh, sorry. I apologize. No, no. He's talking to me. No, not you. I'm talking to that one. See? No, I'm sorry. I keep looking over my phone too because my cousin, my cousin who's in North Carolina, is texting me because she's sending me like you know Christmas, you know photos of the family and stuff. And you have to look at. And it. I have to look because I got to make sure she gets the right address. But because she's half Filipino, it's like right. I need her to bring the family lumpia because her mom moved and is out of state now, and her mom doesn't make me lumpia anymore. I try to make it. It's not as good. So I'm trying to get her to like convince her as I'm texting. Right. Please put it in a frozen box. And send some lumpia. <laughs> FedEx. 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 Lisa Bolakaja in the yes. house. <clears throat> what you been up to? What's going down? Holidays. What's going down? Hey, I have one more week of work before I get three weeks vacation, winter break. So I'm looking forward to writing and reading. And guess what? What you didn't do? <laughs> my, show, my show is back on. <gasps> what? Vikings. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, I saw. Yes. I saw. <laughs> oh, my God. Vikings I'm is behind, back. but I saw. <laughs> right, right. I'm so thrilled. And guess what else is coming back? December what 29th. Like? What, what you like? Black Mirror. Oh, yeah. It's going to be a good Christmas Have show. you been watching She's Gotta Have It, by the way? I watched the whole thing on Thanksgiving. Okay, about to say. I saw the whole, I binge watch it on right. Thanksgiving. Right. I had the food, the drinks, the snacks, everything. Dewanda. You know, do that. You cannot. Pilar, we got the major, major OG himself. Oh. <laughs> Oh, and he I'm can't, giving him way too much props. And he can't binge. Motherfucker over he here. He can't binge for nothing. <laughs> I don't binge anything. He can only he is handle Mr. He is Mr. Cinephile, okay? Everything is in order of the way he has to do it. Oh, no. I I'm, don't. Chris Derrick in oh, the house. No. Hello. Don't binge anything. Just don't. <laughs> Why would you want to binge anything? Look, if you like something, right. savor it. No. There's too much content. <laughs> There's too much content. See, this is why you don't watch enough shit. See, that's on TV because you're too busy savoring the shit. Man, I, look, 
He saved, got, he saved her look. shows from two years ago. Exactly. I'm like, have you seen that? Movie. It's in my queue. I watched three movies got, yesterday. Got, got stuff in the movie. What are you talking about? What are you TV, bitch. TV. But, but, but TV is one, lo- like a lot of these shows are really just sequences in yes. one large movie. It is. Right. So if they you are. don't binge they it, are. then you they can't are. see the whole movie no, at one time. She got you, Chris. Keep up, Chris. You know what? It's like, it's Okay, look. So, you know, I was talking the other day about, with you know, uh, you know this crap with the I can't, something happened and I put this thing on Facebook where um, you still on Facebook? Just <laughs> oh no! I'm sorry. Oh my goodness! When I hear Facebook, I think of MySpace. I'm like it's like in those days. It's just you know just to talk to people. So I put this thing on about this whole oh because I was kind of upset about this thing um, uh, just the politics right. So I put right. this thing on. A clip from Untouchables mm. right. on my thing, and I said, you know, see, because people, I said, you know, people. The thing with the Democrats is, is that like they're bringing like a wiffle wall bat, you know, <laughs> to a gunfight. Right. You know, I said, not I, mean, even, I said, you know, it's, it's, it's not even a knife, you know. <laughs> and then I got to this thing where I was like, yeah, the thing about Untouchable I love is I love Mammoth's dialogue. It's so sparse and right. so fantastic and so just pa pa pa. And I was like, but I haven't seen that movie in like 15 years. Mm-hmm. So I just want to like watch like the first act again. Mm-hmm. See, so just I got in real fast. Got out. <laughs> I was like, oh, this is awesome. Right. This is just awesome. Right. And there's so many little pieces that I forgot about how dope that movie is. But then I was like, I was telling Linnell about it, and she was like, yeah, but there's there's dope stuff in Dances with the Wolves, and I was like. Is there? <laughs> <laughs> and, but then I was like, but I haven't seen that in like 20 years either. Right, so right. I was like, I'm going to watch the first act of that real quick too, just, just to like get, get... There is still one scene see, in that that is like which one? so which one? laughable. I hate to say it. I mean, like <laughs> I, where you've got two white people in a tent mm-hmm. who are dressed in Native American right, garb right, who yeah, are right, talking yeah, yeah. To, and like, it's so crazy and they're supposed to be like representing yes. right. Native Americans and it's just <laughs> it's silly it's just mm-hmm. silly at a certain point you're like wait this is wrong with, with and anyway, faces and shit. you know even back in the what was it the 80s or whatever it's like 92 uh, 90, yeah. 90, I remember watching a theater yeah, going that's wrong even then like mm. even I knew that you know it's like oh my god right. yeah oh, classic <clears> movies so I just watch a lot of stuff piecemeal here and there, uh-huh. and I'm in the middle. This is why it's hard to watch Godless and these things. Is I'm in the middle of doing my rewatch on Star Trek. So I'm I thought you were done. I finished the first season. Oh, now you're on the season I, I, two. I, I never watched the whole Star Trek original series like in order. Uh huh. So, so I've been watching it in order recently. That's what I've been doing for my television show. Are you married? No. Uh-huh. Does he sound like you're <laughs> watching the goddamn Star Trek? <laughs> just, just get it although, out of your system now. Although Pat would probably watch all of them. Because this is what this is reminding <clears throat> me of a little bit. Like Pat will get on a thing where he'll also go, hey, I haven't watched this in 25 years. I'm going to just check into it again. And then has to watch every, every single, single movie one. created by that person. Like he got on a James Bond thing, not once, but twice. I and had to watch them yeah. all yeah. from the beginning yep. in mm-hmm. order and like cross them out on some little book or something I understand. like that. I get it. I was just like, oh, yeah, okay, I get it. You just have to do it. But See, the thing is, you have to do it when you're 
significant other is just not around. You gotta, so you gotta, you gotta sneak these things in, you know, because she'll be like, "What so are you he, doing?" He asked your permission, right? No, no, Lord. You just do it. And you're like, well, you out of town so much, you don't matter. Yeah, exactly, see, see, exactly. See, I'm working. See. I come home. I'm like, "How's your day been?" Well, you know, I'm watching this John Barry score, and uh, you cut that out. So y'all know how we do it on the brand on the rent room. If you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get it in. So today. We got our big sis on the mm-hmm. show, Aww. our home team. You have no idea how many people we send your way. Whether they come or not, bitches, we tell them they go. I yes. have heard. <clears throat> Do I have know? heard yes. people, and thank you so but, much. I really, really appreciate but, it because they're always really creative people. I'm always yeah. like, I probably get an email probably 15 to 20 of them a week, and half of them are, who should I go study with? And I'm always Aww. like, if you go to anybody, yes. you go to PLR. Yeah. Then you start working your way down. If she's too busy for you, if you can't afford her, then you work, start at Pilar. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. what we teach in here is you. Basically, uh, it's you. It's, mm-hmm. uh, it's okay. everything that's filtered down over the years. Right. And when people say blah, 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 and I'm like, well, Pilar. <laughs> <laughs> but don't ask for your cut now. Don't, don't, don't ask for your cut. <laughs> yeah, 10% as usual. Don't worry. Exactly. So welcome to the show, everybody. Pilar Alessandra, one of the top I'm going to put it to the tip top. Should we read? Should we not? Read? Go ahead and read it, thing on the back. Read. <clears throat> oh. oh. She started her career. <laughs> oh, Lord. See, Chris, look, he's doing it because she do this on her show. She be doing it. As a senior story analyst at DreamWorks, <laughs> as, you know who DreamWorks is, people, right? In 2001, she opened the Los Angeles-based on-the-page writer studio dedicated to consulting <laughs> with an educating screenplay and TV writers. She also hosts her own podcast. We've been on her podcast, right. people. Right. And it's time wonderful. to come back. And yes. For the discussing many writers, she has a lot of great people on her podcast well, of course. people some big big name people and um they come through which by the way let me try you know my favorite episode is what of all time and what? i've had it i've heard all of them oh I don't my know god if you know i'm that. sorry no i didn't know prentice penny's one yeah which one prentice oh did you see how long ago that was yes. <laughs> he dropped so much game yes. it was ridiculous i'm gonna go back and re-listen because mm-hmm. so he talks about his whole style and how he writes and breaks it down and goes backwards and forth i mean it's just badass yes yes yes, yes. Classic. And also, she wrote The Coffee Break Screenwriter. Yes. Yes. If you don't have that book, go get go it right get it. now. Kill yourself. Kill okay, yourself. kill yourself. Get it, get it out. Get it out. <laughs> She's an in-demand speaker. She's traveled the world. She's always traveling. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm home for a little bit now. Okay. Okay. Are you really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. <laughs> she does seminars. She worked for Disney Animation, ABC. She's done everything. Basically, I always tell people, if, whenever I write a script, she's the first person I go through. Yay. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, as you can tell, I haven't written one in a long, long time. Because <laughs> I've been writing other things. Right? So it's like, I just, <clears> this, this vacation, I've got some new stuff I'm, I'm working on. Right. I, I demand Black it. Mirror. I demand it. I know. It. I need to get back. so good. Yes. You're so good. I try. I yeah. try. But it's all due to you. See, I brought Pilar here on purpose just to tell you. No, but no, because it's good. Because <laughs> yeah. the one thing I love about Pilar stuff, like, it's just, it's, it's straight no chaser. Right. You know how you go to other people's seminars and they got all the frou-frou frills? <laughs> Pilar's just, look, this is how it is. Right. And she's just cut and dry. She doesn't, she don't care about your feelings. <laughs> 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 when she does a consultation, she gently looks at you and says, I'm not talking to you personally. I'm talking to you what, literally, what right. is on the page. <laughs> <laughs> And she's really great. Like, those of you, and you know I complain about this, and I get this from Pilar, that whole stuff I always bitch about is when you got too much black ink on the page. Right. And to make that easy read and to get it through there. And I always remember that mantra from learning from Pilar. It's like, look, you got to give us that white space. We got to have our eye go down the page and be engaged and not get taken out of the story. So that always stuck with me. So whenever I'm telling other people, like, look. When you hear me bitching about your stuff, I'm like, I'm getting taken out of the story. There's too much ink on this page. 
I'm getting it from my teacher. <laughs> yes. And our mentor, so our teacher. Easy. It's so easy to do the editing too. You know, is like one thing that I have my students do is just go in and find like what's your main intention mm-hmm. of that scene, right? Mm-hmm. And now you have to circle the lines that right. only meet that intention. Right. Now see what you have. And right. then you can just add back in the little the little nuancey things that you right. wanted. But it's a great way to edit. It's I always, I always say those. it should be staccato. Yeah. If you think that, it keeps it very, very simple. Mm-hmm. Oh, I like you that. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Keeps that rhythm in there. Okay, so yeah. this is interesting, you know, because I was like, you know, uh, Scott Alexander, was, we were talking about mm-hmm. um, Baby Driver. Mm-hmm. And, and he gave... Um, That's his cousin, by the way. Just so you know. Um, what? But he's a really, <laughs> really, really guy, good though. friend. He's been so helpful <laughs> with this project I'm working on. Um, but he was, you know, but we were talking, and, and so he was talking with, with Edgar Wright about, uh, about Baby Driver, and he's telling him at this seminar, at this writer's and he was like, okay, so... There's two scripts you can read it to learn how to write to about the writing. Mm-hmm. Chinatown of course. And, and Hard Times. Hard Times. And I was Which like, one is hard what times? the hell is Hard Times? Right. Right? And he goes, <laughs> and it's this... Um, Have you heard of that one, Pillar? Have yeah. you heard of it? It's the script by Walter Hill. Oh, okay. Okay, well, from, from, <laughs> right. from, like, from, like, from the early 70s. Mm-hmm. But then I saw, and I was like, it's really, really hard to find. But there's like, but you know, but if you're familiar with Walter Hill's style from like Alien and things mm-hmm. like that, it's the very, it's, this, it's this very very staccato mm-hmm. type of like, right. you know, like four or five four or five words in this kind of thing. But it's fascinating because we're talking about how the page should be more as wide as possible. Right. Conversely, Chinatown is not like that. Right. Chinatown it's is dense. like a dense, yeah. But like like you know, right. it's really weird that those two scripts are kind of talked about in such high esteem. But it's so visual. But, no, it is. Chinatown is very engaging. And, I know. And it keeps I, you in there. I, I, I know. I know. I'm just pointing out. It's just mm-hmm. like it's inter- interesting to know that. Well, I, th- I think the marriage of the two is word choice is what we're talking about with yes. Chinatown, right? The, the the description of the action, right? Mm-hmm. If you can, but there is a way to find that perfect adjective that sums up those right. three right. sentences right. of beautiful description. Right. So it still feels beautiful. It feels, still feels poetic right. if that's the tone mm-hmm. of, your, of your script. Mm-hmm. And you can still have economy at the right. same time. Right. Um, so it, it, it is sort of the balance of the two. When people talk about format, I turn around and go, no, it's about style. Right. You right. Know, let's, let's figure out right. your word choice first. Right, right. Totally. And one of the things I liked from taking Clara's classes earlier was like the idea, because a lot of times, because you know, writing is rewriting. Mm -hmm. And one of the best things I've learned from Pilar is the idea of that, you know, don't get daunted by the rewrite. The rewrite is like the, it made me think of rewriting as actually being fun. Most people dread it. I have the most fun rewriting. But here's the thing. It was something I, and literally I learned this from you, because you know, most times when you're tackling a rewrite, you're just trying to do so much. And I think you were the first person I heard, like, you just do passes. Right. You focus on a few things at a time. We're going to do a dialogue pass. Mm -hmm. We're going to do an action pass. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to do this. And once I started breaking it down into little increments, it wasn't as daunting right. because that was like my biggest fear when you were, when I wrote my first script. Because you're focused like, on one thing at a like, time. It's like, what do I do so much? I can do all this stuff. Right. But it was like the first time I heard, no, you just do passes. And it just mm-hmm. made the writing so much easier because I get excited. Get my little coffee. Because hey, I'm going to focus <laughs> on the dialogue. Because yeah. I've taken that even a step further from you, Pilar, where, where, where I even look at the characters and be like, how often are they seen? Mm-hmm. You know? So I'll go through and be like, ooh, I haven't seen them for seven pages. You know, mm-hmm. how does that tie in? Are they needed? Do I need to bring them back for a moment to clean something up? You know what I mean? So I've found that helps me too. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Especially you know? if, you know, if it's the main <clears throat> character. Right. Sometimes people go, oh, my main character isn't as interesting as my other characters. And it's like, <laughs> you know what? He doesn't have to be or no. she doesn't have to be. Sometimes right. she's just us right. in the sort of like the calm in the middle of this crazy storm, right? Mm-hmm. But... 
how many times do you have the camera on her? Right. So even if that scene doesn't feel like it's about her, you land on her reaction, and now she's still driving right. your, mm-hmm. your script. So I think that's a great pass. And, and people misunderstand <clears throat> that, that, that they always think that the character had to speak mm-hmm. in order for it to have a big moment. And I'm like, no, sometimes just, they're just in the scene and they do something. Exactly. You know, it's just that, their that's action. just a visual. Mm-hmm. It's just the actual. Well, well yeah. see, that's kind of like the <clears throat> tricky thing, too, about writing uh, good characters and writing for the cinema is that um, you got to write behavior. Right. And a lot of times people are like unaware of how to write really compelling behavior. And that goes with what you're saying about their adjectives. Like if, mm-hmm. if you're just going to be in a, if you're just going to be in a scene and not talking, mm-hmm. well, then you got to like write it in a way that's like really super vivid, right. you know, because that way and, and tell us something about, because yeah, these actors always talk about, um, it's all about behavior and directors are like, it's all about behavior. Like if I see what you're doing, right. It's more important than talking, and mm-hmm. it, and 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 you know, and the pure cinema is well, you're not going to talk at all. We're just going to like show the shots, <laughs> you know. And so, therefore, that's where you know, and that's something else that I think that you you should be concentrating a lot on, like, like right. how to figure out the scenes that don't have any don't have any dialogue to work. And if your character's not your character is the main character in it, not not speaking. Um, you know, then flex the muscle there. Well, I think that that uh, that has to do with a lot of things that writers are afraid to write emotion. They've been told, like, don't write emotion. The the actors will do it. The right. directors will yeah. do it. It's like, the no, 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 no. Yeah. It, it is. Yeah. And, and yeah. they've been told that because people overwrote, right? right. Yes. But if you're going to land on a reaction, you know, emotionally right. track it. It's okay to have that perfect word that describes the emotion. Right. As a matter of fact, that is addressed right here. Right. The, uh, yes! The coffee break. Oh, we gonna get into break. We gotta get into this. <laughs> but but trip this, trip this though. Yes. Yes. I was like, it just... occurred to me like, ooh, that's a rule yes. that, that we talk Can about. Yes. Let me just piggyback, piggyback a little off of that. It made me think about when I hear that, they're living in their parentheticals. No, no, You know no. what I mean? Sometimes, like, it's like every other we're trying to tell you how they feel, how they feel. Right, with right. Things, right. But, yeah. but, you can have that key moment that brings home what the scene is about right. by focusing on a character's reaction to that scene right. and emotionally, what do they do? So, so you would have, you know, uh, disgusted, mm-hmm. comma, she turns away, right. right? As opposed to just she turns away because that could just be choreography, right? Yeah. But disgusted, she turns away. That's a, that's a hard out, right. mm-hmm. you know? It doesn't mean that you have to put how she's talking mm-hmm. through the whole thing. Right. The dialogue should, should just basically say that. Right. But right. those key moments of emotion, write them in. Mm. Okay. Yeah. yeah, yeah, just for the <clears throat> piece, you know, because, you know, it just reminds me, um, and, and, and you know how much I love Tony Gilroy. But again, there's such a really, really great moment in Michael Clayton early on when, um, in the, it's like, I, th- I think it's right around like page 15 or something like that, when his car blows up, and right before his car blows up, he walks up this hill to like meet these horses and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And the whole script is so like this, this real snap, 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 snap. But this one moment, it's like four full lines of description, like talking about what Michael Clayton's going through. Oh, yeah. And then all of a sudden, there's bam, the car blows up, and it's back to that speed again. And it's right. really fascinating in terms of like. But he's like, taking you on a ride. It's, it's, yeah. In terms right. of the style, like you're talking right. about the style, there's that moment where he's, I'm gonna slow down. Mm-hmm. And in the movie, it slows down. And it's this moment where George Clooney's like, he's like absorbing what happened, and it's like all these shots of like the mist are going on. Right. And, the, and I was like, that's so cool. 
And Tony Gilroy is one of my favorites. Tony it's some, like if you, you want to read some some good script writing, you got to get some Tony Gilroy scripts. And Dan Gilroy. Mm. Um, wait, they are related, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. All right. Yeah. Phew. Okay. The brother like is their editor. Yeah. It's both the uh, um, whole Gilroy family. Oh my goodness! <laughs> I mean, I love Nightcrawler crawler so oh, much. Oh, that's great. So Talk about staccato. Oh and, and the poetic way. Right. Talk about and moving down the page, right? right. Like you said, staccato, oh. but also it looks like a poem. Yeah. Totally. And it's such an interesting read. That's the one that doesn't yeah. use exterior and interior. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Oh, yeah. It's really, that's really knowing good. your craft to be able to do that. Yes. And you still get it. You know where you are. That's a beast. It's interesting, you know, about like, say you like, like knowing your craft, everything like that. So a couple of weeks ago, he was at the writers guild with John Q Israel. Right. He was talking and he was like, you know, he spent, I think 20, 25 years like writing in the studio system. Mm-hmm. Uh-uh. Can you say that one more again? <laughs> <laughs> he spent 20, 25 years like writing. In the studio system. That's a lot. Okay. And, and he said, right. yeah. And he was saying, and he said, you know, maybe, one in 45 is getting a chance to go. It's just some obscene number. And I was right. like, oh my God. And this is not just writing like spec stuff or stuff to get on. This is like for the, paid, for the yeah, paid assignments. Right. Right. He's getting paid. And they're not even going. Yeah. But when he gets to do his own thing, because he's worked so much and he's got the, he's got the skill down so well, mm-hmm. he, then he pursues that magic. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm. yeah. You got to learn it. And then, then it suddenly becomes yours. Yeah. You know, and then you can throw away everything that you learned. <laughs> but not so, before then, <laughs> Not before then. So, so, so let's get into this. I was about to say, so Pilar, yeah. so let's talk about the new book you have that's out. Well, the only reason this book exists is because when I was on your show two years ago, you shamed me. <laughs> what did I say? What did I say? Tell it again. Wait, wait. She's been harboring this for two years. Wow. Wow. It might have been before that, actually. Maybe two, like right at, I was like one of your earliest shows. Yes, you guys you have been doing this for a right. long time. Mm-hmm. So even before Three that. Three years now. Yeah, three years. years. So I was on, we were talking about the Coffee Break screenwriter, and and Hillier was like, when are you going to write another one? And I was like, whoa, whoa. I know, it's been like two years, ain't it? It it had been like five. I got to speak, and I got to travel. I ain't got time to write. I ain't got time to write. That's right. What do I have, 10 minutes to write? Okay, I guess I do. So then then my publisher said, hey, do you want to write a a second edition? And I was like, yes, I do, even though I had no idea how to do it, because Hillier was in my brain and then I, I was really happy with the second edition it right. like incorporates TV mm-hmm. it's got updated examples um, and then I was like well time to write another book because this is still just cheating you know it's just the second edition of the same mm-hmm. so um, I've always wanted to write this book it's called The Coffee Break Screenwriter Breaks the Rules mm-hmm. and it's because of all these rules people have mm-hmm. and so I do believe well, find out what the rule means right. first, right? right? But then go ahead and break it. Just right. break it well. And then there's another part of this, which is and and here's how it can break bad. Okay. Okay. <laughs> right. So so it's like okay. Here's the rule. Here's why you should break it. Here's how to break it. And right. here's how breaking it can break bad. So you have sort of all those options. Mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, I, I believe in breaking rules. Just just make sure you're doing it. Right. You have Smartly. to do it well. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly. Well, well, yeah, you know, it's funny. It's like um, there was a, a TED Talk with this guy's name. He's a Pixar guy, uh, Andrew Stanton. Okay. And he was talking about when they were doing Toy Story. Oh, yeah. And he was saying something about how they really wanted Tom Hanks. And Tom Hanks in the first meeting was like, 
I don't have to sing, do I? <laughs> <laughs> and then they were like, no, 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 And then, and Andrew was saying that they had these internal rules about what they weren't going to have. We're not going to have no songs, no I want moment, no magic village. Not, no, you know, I want, there wasn't I want, it just wasn't a song. This is what they had in the okay, thing. Because these were, the, these these were are, the rules given the, to them the, by the, Disney. Disney. Yes. So then they decided to break they were, every they, single rule. We're going to break ah, all of yeah. Right, yes, I'm saying rules. And there was no villain and all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And then they were like sitting there for a year and had no story that was working. <laughs> and uh, and then um, some composer, he didn't mention who, some big composer, lyricist like said, here's what you got to have to make this work. And it was all those things. You got to have this you have <laughs> I song. I want song. The one song. You got to have the Magic Village. You gotta right. have, they, they were like, no, no, right. no. And it was just interesting to hear that, you know, that the rules a lot of times, at least in his case, in the Pixar, they were like, we have to break them all. But since but we know them so well that when we break them, they can work, and then that gives them Toy Story. And, and they, they have to make you feel like you didn't use them at all. Yeah, I think mm-hmm. that's the key. Yeah. And like you said, certain certain things did creep back in, like that I want moment and things like that, but not in that I think that contrived way that Disney was pushing them, which right. is it has to be at this beat at right. this time, right. Right. executed in this way. Right. Right. Well, I'm going to read a quote from the book that you have quoted here from Frank Capra. (laughs) And I quote, There are no rules in filmmaking, only sins. And the cardinal sin is dullness. Right. Okay. And, you know, you begin the book in chapter one talking about where do the rules come from. So can we just get into that? Yeah. Like, where do they come from? And storytelling. Because, you know, there's always a beginning, a middle, and an end. The basic storytelling structure. But in terms of, like, screenwriting. Well, look, there's been guidelines uh, by people like me. There's been, like, through the years, right? Um, and everybody turned around and went, oh, this is law. So my, my answer right. to that is, yes, the rules come from all these books, but they also come from you. You mm-hmm. made this up. Mm-hmm. You decided this was law, and you had to do it this way. You guys are artists. Right. You know guidelines. Guidelines should, again, guide you, um, you know, help you take your instincts, you know, and, and help you channel them. But... Everybody else made it law. It's not law. So where do the rules come from? Mm-hmm. The books, but they also come from from the writers themselves and yeah. their insecurities. So right. Stop it. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but I gotta say, not being dull is a law. That's mm-hmm. you can't. I, I don't care. You can't. Never. You can never fail. I mean, if if if, if you break that law, you know. I, I agree with you on that one. People for are sure. People, well, I was, people are turning to channel I was just off. thinking about how, and uh, I hear I hear you talk about this a lot too on your show, because um, I listen to you and John a lot, John August and Craig, and they talk a lot about when it comes to the rules. Like some people always write in, they write into you and me, they write into me, <clears throat> you know, questions about you know, oh, should I use we see? Should I use you know camera pan? Should I do this? They defy. All of that. Mm-hmm. They're like, if I want to put it in, I put it in my fucking script. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's very funny. But we are talking to people who can. There is a different way of looking at it as opposed to being, you know, somebody on the outside trying to get in as opposed to being <clears throat> inside. They know the rules and they can break them. Yeah. You know what I mean? And also, you know, when we're talking about that specific rule, right. let's get into we see in camera direction, sure. okay? Because it's probably the one place here in this book where I'm like, all right, look, right. Here's, here's what I believe, mm-hmm. okay? I do think every once in a while you have to, it, there's no other way to describe something. Right. But to creatively push yourself first, to ask yourself what would happen instead of just going for the laziest sure. option, which is close up on right. Lisa's face. Mm-hmm. Because 
as I say this, you don't know what Lisa is feeling. But if I say Lisa's face fills with surprise, envy, shock, love, right? Now we have to go close up on her and it is more creative expression. Same thing with we see. Mm -hmm. We see the knife. Mm -hmm. If we animate the knife instead and the knife glints or the knife slashes, it's... It is more interesting. Right. Way more right. interesting. But right. every once in a while, look, if you have to pull back to reveal something because there's no other way to do it, then by all means, pull back to reveal. Right. Nobody's saying you, your script will be tossed out if you throw in a we see right. or a camera direction. It's more like, have you exercised your your creativity first? Right. Are you just leaning on something? To tell the story. Yeah. So, to okay, tell so story. I totally agree. Mm-hmm. My only thing of that is... If you're going to use that, save it to maybe your, after page 15 so that so the, whoever's reading is already on board with your story and is invested. And then if you're going to like snap that in there, then they're going to be like, oh, then they're not going to worry about it. But if you put that on page one and they haven't read your stuff... They might be like, who's this, who's this person? Who is this? Because they don't know. <laughs> I, I agree with work. you. And I agree with you, and I kind of slightly disagree with you. Only in the sense that I believe your opening few pages should set the tone and the style of the script. Yeah. So if that, it's, it's like, for instance, if you start off on a voiceover and every five or ten pages or twenty pages you come back to it, I'm like, oh, that's the style of it. Mm-hmm. But if you have one on page fifteen and then one on page seventy, I'm like. What the fuck is that? Exactly. You know what I mean? You're not, it's not making any sense logistically in the balanced. format. And well, well, that's one way to break so the that's rule all of, right. of like people ask about voiceover all the time. They think that the, you know, cardinal sin is voiceover. It's right. like, no, it, by all means, voiceover can work I love really them beautifully. When they're good. Right. And yeah. a way to break that rule is to balance it throughout. Right. I mean, that, that makes so much sense. Right. That's right. That's right, well, well, yeah, See, <laughs> okay, so... We're thinking the same. <laughs> there's two things about voice. I'm talking about we teaching young okay, shit, girl. Okay, <laughs> okay, okay. Come on, Chris. Come on, what you got? In one of the best movies of all time, yeah. Sunset Boulevard, right. Yeah. right for the voiceover, kicks off with the voiceover. Right. so fascinating. But if, the problem that people have with voiceover is, is that they, is that, is that, is that, they use it to tell story that that we could see visually, Correct. and that's where you mess up, and that's right. where everyone's like, "Don't use it," because it takes a really smart person like a Billy Wilder to say, "How can I say something that 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 we can't say, right. we can't do to camera, mm-hmm. and is you know, <clears throat> and it's going to pop in, and it's and it's rare to be able to do it really well, but people who do, people who can do it well are it's it it adds something to the storytelling that is. Uh, um, it's really fascinating, mm-hmm. you know. I'll, just, I'll give you a quick example. This is really weird. So, um, you know, like in Star Wars and in Blade Runner and all these movies like this, they kind of like set the movie with this little preamble, this text rolls on the screen, right? right? A long text. Yeah, you know, just whatever. Because they're trying to like bring you to the world and set a stage or something like that, right. or whatever they're doing. Um, in Conan the Barbarian, <laughs> you going back there? I have to. Listen, it's, you it's got so fascinated. You better have some. Respect. You better watch that movie. Put some respect movie. on his name. Oh, Stone wrote that okay, script. Come on. Not, <laughs> and now we go back to why Chris isn't married. <laughs> so, so that's exactly right. It's exactly right. Um, but it's so cool because it opens with the voiceover. It opens with this guy, and he's doing that. He's bringing you into the story. 
with the same kind of thing they do with the this text, but he's yes. doing it with verbally. Right. But the only thing that really makes it work is the actor they got. The yeah. actor yeah. has this, such a compelling voice that if you weren't even watching the screen and you heard his voice, you'd be like, who is talking? Yeah. Right. You know, it's so it's dope. I mean, and I love voice. I mean, here's another thing that I like that people hate, and it's one of the rules they tell people not to do. And I'm, I'm, I know you've written in your book. Mm-hmm. I love flashbacks. Listen. Oh, when listen, they're done well, yeah. Listen, when they're done well. Right. We were just talking about it the other day on um, God, Godless. Yeah, yeah. It is yes. Done. And I, yeah. even with like regular writing and stuff like that, I love flashbacks. Mm-hmm. But I think the problem is when you have a flashback, it's like, is your flashback, I think the problem is it's not so much the flashback itself, but is it moving the story along in the present tense? Is it telling its own story? Is it telling story its own too, story? That, yes. that can't be told in yes. the present. Right. I'm sure you get that. I mean, have you gotten people who've told you, like, oh my God, we don't want to see any more flashbacks? No, I don't, I don't hang out with those people. <laughs> you, know, you know, I mean, I just, yeah, because even if they told that to me, I would tell my writers, just make the flashback work. Mm-hmm. And one of the ways to do it, because I like flashbacks too, when mm-hmm. they work, yes. right? I love those flashbacks that only give you a piece of the puzzle, mm-hmm. right? And then they add another piece and they right. add another piece yes. until you That's realize, yes. yeah, yeah, that everything you saw in the beginning, it, you saw it completely wrong. Yes. And I love how it just keeps feeding you the truth. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's One so of the cool. things they're doing on Godless, the Netflix show that we've been watching is Westerns, really interesting. They do this thing where they'll show you total carnage and come into a scene, <clears throat> excuse me, toward the end of the show, they'll come back to the moment and somebody will do this brilliant monologue that's a voiceover, and they'll keep flashing in and out of how that carnage became the Oh, my God. It's so, like, taken to another oh, mm. so, Godless, I haven't seen this yet. So There's so many things I need, to, I need to see. I know. Ah. Okay. Yeah? yeah? Okay, Godless. It's on my list. Yeah. It's, on my, it's in my queue. It's Scott right. Frank. Scott Frank. Right. Scott Frank. Who... Um, I wrote, say, created show. Yeah, created show, but directed he's it. He's famous for, uh, <clears throat> I want to say he wrote like Minority Report. Mm-hmm. Marley and. And uh, Marley yeah, and yeah. It's, right. it's really, you know, it's a really great script. And I mean, the whole execution of it. I mean, to me, I love it because I love Westerns. And I'm so, you know, a couple of people have tried to do them on some network shows. The last three or four seasons, they get they get a pilot bought, a pilot's made, and then right. never makes it to the air. Um, but yeah, oh, and it's also Steven Soderbergh. He's like an EP on it, right. so it's got there's a freedom that he's gonna get because right. Steven's being like, I'm gonna put my weight down and make sure you can do whatever right. you want. So <clears throat> it'll it'll be fun to get to that point, mm. right? Where you're just like anything that I want, <laughs> you're gonna, gonna do. Put it in there. there you go. We're gonna break the fourth wall. We'll break the fourth Let's wall. Let's do it. Let's do we'll it all at one the time. There you go. Yes. And then we'll exactly. come back into the <laughs> Man. Okay, so what else do we have in here? Oh, I think you guys hit a lot of them. You've got a lot of This is stuff. a very skinny book. <laughs> <laughs> I was teasing Pilar. I was like, this is like three of your original books. <laughs> this, is, this, this is definitely like so, yeah, it's about, it's about one third of the size. And the font is like sure. size 18, isn't but it? What's, what's nice is you can, just, you can just sit on the toilet and you can read the whole thing. But see, you know, but, but, not waste a lot of time. Okay, but see, this was great about it. See, a, a book like this, it's, it's, it's like, it's not necessarily like a book, but, it, but it's like a handbook, you know? So you can jump into it real quick and get a lot of information quickly. You know, having to like wade through all this kind of stuff to find, you know, like what you want, you know, to, to, to help you. Because so many times when you're writing and you're stuck on like one point and you're trying to figure out like how to solve it. And it looks like you go through this, and you can and you, and you can like get so many quick ideas from what you're talking about because it's like bam, bam, bam. Mm-hmm. It's gonna like 
it's just going to spark your brain in, in ways that, you know, that if you're reading like a 400-page book, you know, that it probably wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't yeah, help Yeah, I just you. feel like, look, there are a couple... Okay. Oh, there, there are there are a couple couple rules that we all think we are verbatim. You know, mm-hmm. let's just address those. Right. You know, and just figure out how to sort of knock them out of the park. You know. Right. And so I figured after this one, I wanted to keep doing like a bunch of little handbooks like this. Mm-hmm. The next one's going to be um, the Coffee Break Screenwriter Tells the Truth, and it's going <laughs> to be you've been lying. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's going to be about um, adapting real life material oh, or, yes. or yeah, things that good. inspire yes. you, right? Yes. Because we all talk about you know what's our what's our brand and what's right. our IP and all that, but yet you so you want to take from real life, mm-hmm. but right. you don't always just want to steal from real life, right? So so, um, so well, that's Jen, what Jen the Grisanti next one's does be. a little bit of that mm-hmm. with her stuff too. Well, what I want to talk about now, I think it's important because it's one of the things because people are watching more TV, and we know that with television, it's mm-hmm. more dialogue heavy, and the whole thing with monologues and long dialogues. And one of the things that you know, when you're working with screenplays, a lot of times we tell people, oh, we don't want to see big chunks of di- like get through the story. But with TV, when you do have long passages of dialogue, like what are the because most of the time they tell you don't have big long right. monologues. But I think you can do that if what they're saying is so good. Like, I'm trying to think of some great, like, moments. Uh, well, one of my favorites is, is it's, I'm going back a little bit, because I remember when I wrote a spec for Boston Legal, David Kelly would just kill these long courtroom monologues. I mean, they mm-hmm. would go on for two pages. Right, yeah. right. And you right. had to match that yeah. in your spec. Right. You know what I mean? So sometimes you can get away with it damn. if it's appropriate. Though. That's Dude. damn. I, Dude, I wrote some badass monologues. I'm serious. I was... I must have did ten different versions of it to you, figure it you out. You have to because they it's, had to. It's it's <clears throat> it's really it's really hard to make it, like that kind of like theatrical speech right. work on TV. And you don't want stuff to be on the nose. Like you don't want to be listening to stuff like oh my god. Like you want great monologue and passages, but you want subtext. You want right. richness, but you don't be want to. You don't want them saying stuff like, "Okay, I can kind of see." You don't need to tell me that. Mm-hmm. I, already, I already know that. How do we? How do we? How do we deal with that? Well, it, so so in feature, mm-hmm. all right. Usually that monologue has been earned by the end. Okay. You know that that we've gone staccato, staccato, Keyword staccato, 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 earned right? people. Yeah, and then and then everybody needs their cathartic moment, right? Mm-hmm. It's okay. We've everything's boiled down to this one moment, and somebody lets it out. Mm-hmm. So if you, there's nothing wrong with the monologue as long as people are constantly making speeches to each other and that's where think of it more in terms of the static shot mm-hmm. you know it's it's not that what they say isn't interesting it's just right. that the camera's holding on them right. constantly mm-hmm. um, you mentioned uh, Michael Clayton Michael Clayton starts with <coughs> a huge oh, ranting a, monologue oh, yeah. wow. that we think is from a crazy guy but we find out through the whole movie that everything we learn supports the crazy he just said mm-hmm. and so yes. there's always is it is it worth it is it earned yes right up top it's earned mm-hmm. um I think with with speeches throughout, sometimes it does become a style, Mm -hmm. um, you know, Sorkin kind of stuff. But you'd be surprised how even in Sorkin movies or TV shows, that monologue is more spare than you think. Mm. Those speeches come rarely. Mm -hmm. And then I I put in the book, actually from from a social network. Mm -hmm. Um, So so on uh, like page 31, 32, there's that... You know, there's that like nine minute right. conversation. Mm-hmm. So this goes not with monologues, but with what you said about like sometimes people just talk to each other, right? right? right. And it's like, well, 
but he does it well. How does he do it well? Well, he does it by never breaking up the dialogue so that it goes at a faster clip right. than your usual page right. until there's an emotional adjustment. Like if we suddenly see a secret smile, we know this beat has changed. Like, boom, we're in a new section right. of this piece of dialogue. Right. Pay attention. Mm-hmm. So that's his trick. It's, it's line, 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 line. If there's a shift, he means it. Right. Line, 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 all new meaning. Mm-hmm. And so that, that to me is a way to do it if you feel like that's the style you know what right, I, of your script. What I've seen... <clears throat> Maybe I re- I wonder if you've interpreted this too because I know we 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 we've all studied the sequence approach right. Mm-hmm. What I've found is in his long nine minute speeches, mm-hmm. they're three acts. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah, if you think about it, mm-hmm. and if you really just break them up, like he'll have all this dialogue, and like you said, there'll be a line of action that changes the tone into something else, almost like we dissolved and came back. I think you could look at that scene you know in particular I mean? right. as the act because that, that makes a lot of sense. Because in the beginning, all he's, the, the boyfriend's focused on his finals clubs. He wants right. to get into this club he thinks will make him bigger. She, in, in the middle of it, she basically says, I'm breaking up with you. Right. You know? <laughs> um, and then the so third, shifts, the third again, act of it right? is him... Um, not believing it or trying to tra- talk her out of it, right. and we end with, yeah, I'm not kidding. Right. You know? And right. it's sort of that beginning, middle, and end. Mm-hmm. You know, it starts one way, it ends another, and in the middle is that shift right. with her being like, yeah, this is over. This is not <laughs> happening. It's a breakup scene. Right, right, right. 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 <laughs> and now, I've mentioned it, uh-huh. and I know she has a little section on her on it, because we're always talking about writing stuff on the nose. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. But sometimes characters have to just say, (laughs) they have to say it. They have to say it. Yeah. You know, and I'm trying to think of, oh, I can't remember the movie was where someone, I want to say if it's The Graduate, uh, when, what's the famous line of Graduate? He says, are you flirting with me, Mrs. Robinson? Are you? And there's that moment where, you know, any other, you know, newbie writer would be like, you know, we we need to, don't be on the nose. Let it be kind of, and it's kind of like. It is what it yeah, is. That, that worked. And it works. <laughs> right. Because then it sets up the rest of the story right. in a way like, okay, now we know what's about to go down. And right. so it's one of those rules where we tell writers all the time, don't be on the nose. don't be. But in your book, you say, you know what, sometimes being on the nose is the right thing to do. Well, I have a couple of examples <laughs> okay. where it does work okay. here on okay. page 36 of the <clears throat> Coffee Break. Screenwriter Breaks the Rules. Page 36. Oh, they format it what you wrong. Mean. There's an indentation problem. Oh, okay. All right. All right. Um, so, so one quote is, oh, here you go. That's good. Uh, one quote is from um, 20th Century Women by Mike Mills. Mm-hmm. Julie says, don't you need a man to raise a man? And Dorothea says, I don't think so. I think, I think you're what's going to work for him. The girls don't know what to think. He just has me. Think about it. That's not enough. Mm-hmm. And, and this is a way to sort of create a strong pivot into the next act. Mm-hmm. Sometimes you just have to say what your intention is. Mm-hmm. But then as we pivot into can these women raise this this man, mm-hmm. you know, then we, everything could be subtle as we know what the intention okay. is. But we're stating the intention in a conversational way that people would do. Mm-hmm. Um, another example here is, um, you know, when you just speak the truth... Being on the nose can be 
hilarious. Mm -hmm. It can be so funny. So one way to just find the comedy is to let people say what they think. So the example here is from um, uh, Silver Linings Playbook Mm -hmm. by David O. Russell. And Pat says, you have poor social skills. You have a problem. Tiffany says, I have a problem. You say more inappropriate things than appropriate things. You scare people. Mm. And that's funny. That was a really, you hear that? Right, exactly. Mm -hmm. And it's just sort of like, it, they're telling the truth. Romantic comedies mm-hmm. have thrived on people never telling the truth to each other of just being so coy. Well, we got tired of that right. and said, well, what if they just said, you know, I think you're this. Well, suddenly it's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Um, so so there, are, there are examples of that where being on the nose can help your story or it can help your comedy. Where it's been bad, where it remains bad, is when people... State their feelings out loud because we as adults, civilized adults, don't do that very much. Mm-hmm. So if I suddenly said, Lisa, I'm so attracted to you, or I'm jealous of you, <laughs> or I'm only pretending to right. like you, right. 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 right? Like that's, which is not my, really my feeling, because <laughs> none of that is true. But let's just say it was, right. right? That's just a weird thing to just say. So instead, you imply it in the action mm-hmm. or it comes through. In a, dia- in a piece of dialogue that may even say the opposite, but the subtext. Right. So, so yeah, you know, be careful if you're always being on the nose. You're not just breaking a rule. You're also, sometimes you're just writing badly. Right, right. <laughs> you're, right. Definitely, right. you're definitely right. writing badly because, uh, I mean, I think the great thing you're saying is, is that the, the examples you gave is that those moments are the moments in the movie where there's, there's an emotional pivot. See, I think what people mess up is is that they're just writing just at a point where it's not really crucial right. in the writing on the nose. And it's like, well, well why? There's like, uh, there's, 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 like, there's no purpose to that at that point. And, I, th- and, and that causes a problem with what you're trying to say. I remember, you may or may not remember, it's been years since you talked about this. It's stuck with me in my own way. <clears throat> I remember you were teaching a class once. You were talking about... Something like this, what we're talking about now. And it was about how, um, like, say there's a romantic comedy, right? And there are two characters in the scene. And um, the guy and the girl. Their first meet. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about that moment. Yeah, sure. So what younger writers will write is a scene where they're like, hi, my name is John. Uh Oh, and blah, 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 blah. Where where I recall, and it stuck with me. It's really smart when, for instance, they meet at a bar, they're sitting across, and the guy comes up, hey, yada, yada, yada. And she sits and tells him about himself just by looking at him. <laughs> you know, I don't have time. I can tell looking at you, you probably still live with your mom. <laughs> you know what I mean? And she goes on this whole rant, and it's all true, mm-hmm. right? And then they don't like each other. They run into each other later. He tells her about him. He reverses it on her. So you know what I mean? a little payoff. Right. So they never, ever say here's who I am, here's how I work, the other person tells them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You remember that? It was something to that nature. That sounds brilliant. Right. I totally do. <laughs> 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 but I like what you said. You might have just been spitballing, girl, but you I will it. take full credit for that one. <laughs> sure, no problem. <clears throat> also, you know, uh, when it comes to... to to meeting people. Right. Um, when you ask somebody, well, how did you first meet? Nobody's going to say, oh, I said hello, and then he said right. hello, right? They'll tell you a story of some moment where they were interacting, right? right. Where maybe they <clears throat> wanted the same thing in the, in the same moment. Like, mm-hmm. He reached for this, and I reached for that at the same time, you right. know? Or, um, you know, uh, we were 
in line waiting to get into something that we both wanted to get into. Mm-hmm. Like they'll talk about the action. Mm-hmm. So that's something to be thinking about is right. when we talk about meeting cute, it's not just being adorable. Mm-hmm. We're talking about meeting active, mm-hmm. you know? And so something memorable. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. You, you see that movie Carol? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Cause there's a really great mm-hmm. scene in that when, um, Kate, Kate Blanchett, she's like trying to buy these gloves right. and that's how she meets Rune, Rune Mari. And it's like right. this really, I don't know, it's a really interesting scene. It's like in the Christmas time and I, I think she doesn't even need the gloves and it's just like a really, really <clears throat> sweet moment, you know? And those were some lovely gloves. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and the pocketbooks in that yeah. too. Right. Oh my God. I just, I got distracted. Ah, they don't make them like they used to back in the old days. <laughs> quality. And so at a certain point, of course, they took off their clothes finally and I was like, could you put them back on? Because I love those clothes. I love the gloves. At least put the gloves back on. <laughs> Chris is debating that. <laughs> Take that off. That's what, that's what the whole movie is about. It's just waiting for them to kiss. It's like, Jesus, kiss already. Come on, people. Another form of breaking the rules is because, as you know, over the years, we've been telling people in terms of, I, people have been reading the books like, I'm thinking of like the hero's journey. Right. When we talk about, and I want to talk focus more on structure and how we have all these rules that certain beats, like we said, have to hit at a certain page. You know, this has to happen by this page. In this book, you're telling us basically, you know what? Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> Please let how, it go. How, how do you explain that to the, our listeners who are listening right now, who have those books, who are in the middle of their page count, and they're like, they're telling me to let it go? Right. Like in Frozen? <laughs> <laughs> right. Miss Pilar, Pilar, that's right. what are you saying? Pilar, how does that sound what, go? Yeah, what yeah. are you saying? Still not drunk enough. <laughs> what are you saying? Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I, yeah. I, well, look, it's it's... Good to remember that you're moving story forward and that um, if you've been in one section of story for too long, it's mm. time to go to a new right. section. That's mm-hmm. what structure is about. It's right. sort of yeah. like, are you, are you telling sort of at least four beats of a story, mm-hmm. you know? Um, but when you're going, I must have this event on this page, you have just contributed to a formulaic script. Mm-hmm. Somebody's going to read it and... They may say, "Oh, bravo! You've you've you followed a rule." Right. But boy, am I bored! And it goes back to what, what you said. Go, being, see, yes, see right. that the thing about like structural rules are because books like well, I'm not going to disparage anyone's books, but because those books are out there that are trying to put these things in cement. Mm-hmm. Um, all the development executives are, are are been told to read that stuff. Oh yeah, so they understand what works in a story, mm-hmm. um, and therefore the the there's no uncertainty in your storytelling if you're following this stuff exactly. And the and 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 drama only works. If there's this anticipation of what's going to happen, fueled with uncertainty. And I, I think for me personally, by, by talking about this particular rule, this is why last year when Moonlight won, it was mm-hmm. so important to me because structurally it had the three acts, but it didn't follow the typical, you know, as you have one act and you go to the next act, each act you kept trying to figure out, it, it made you work in a good way mm-hmm. where it didn't explain stuff to you. Right, it didn't have got rid beats. of people. It just got, you're like, well, what happened? <laughs> right. Like, for example, with the character of, um, oh, was he called Juan? Mar- Mar- yeah, Charlie, yeah. yeah, his character Juan, where in the second act, you're like, okay, all this stuff, he's a little older. They never tell you what happened to Juan. Life just goes on, right. and through the dialogue... So you had to come up with your own and things and what happened thing, to And through the thing, you kind right. of figured out through right. the dialogue oh, and yeah. then just how they acted that 
All right. Uh, we knew from before right. he was a drug dealer. He probably got caught. He got caught or he got shot. Yeah. I mean, you know he's but, dead. Because in the old rules, it would have been like they would have had someone throw a throwaway line. Right. Would have been like, oh, remember the days when we went to blah, right. blah, blah. And remember, they had one line like, oh, we haven't seen you since the funeral. And they never said mm-hmm. what happened. But to me, that was just so great. It was like so refreshing to watch a movie where it wasn't like this big da 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 not, like all the right. beeps, it was like things were happening. There was no clear. It was like a fractured narrative, and it just threw you in there, and you figured it out as you went. Right. You know, well, I, I mean, love look, that. Look, look, you people love to work for the story. Mm. They that's just, because that's when the story is delicious for us, mm-hmm. when we put the the pieces together, and that's where people screw up a lot as writers they think they got to tell you everything mm-hmm. and it's like no 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 no. because if I tell you everything there's no mystery and the mystery is what drives us in so many things in life I mean it's I'm a it's like why it's terrible to do these like, origin stories of you know like this Darth Vader origin mm-hmm. or every because it's like you know what right. I've would rather not know care. because right. my own memory, my own like, imagination of what he was before he came on the screen is what is more interesting than what you're going to create. You right. know? And, it, and it, it plus it removes something. I mean, it's just like when you meet someone. Um, now you met your hero, right? Huh? <laughs> they no. would say never meet your heroes. No, no, oh, no, 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 right. no. But in real life, in, God, no. in, in, in real life, <laughs> if you meet someone and you're interested in them and you start talking to them, what you do that, that, that each time you talk to them is that you're peeling back each layer, each layer, and that's what keeps you going. If they sat down there and said, hey, this is my life, right. on the first date, you'd be like, okay, so now... What are we going to talk what's about? Now? <laughs> what's interesting now? <laughs> we, you know? don't, we don't need to go out no more. No more. We know everything. Yeah, we don't need to go out no more. And this relationship is now Step over. over. <laughs> so, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're not invited to my <laughs> UFC well, nights. Well, you know, it's just, you know... <laughs> I, I like that. I like the fact that, you know, you have, I, I, when you said that, that just reminded me of in terms of like structure and we were going back to when we were talking about long dialogue passages and trying to figure out, you know, one of, everybody knows one of my favorite all time favorite movies is The Godfather. Right. And that opening where the man is just talking and you have no idea who he's talking to. He's just like looking at the camera. When I come to America right. and you're just in that story and blah, blah, blah. And you're just mesmerized, you know. But and, that's opening on curiosity though. That's happening. And it's the curious, the mystery, like what's happening. And as he's talking, the camera's like slowly pull back to reveal. You got, you got to do it. You got to do it. If you read the script, it's in there. Pull back to reveal. You know, and it's all those things that you would, you know, in the old days they tell you, don't do that. He broke those rules and put it in there, and you know, and not only that did he break the rule, but he brought the hero. Later in the story, like for the first part, you're thinking it's about the Godfather, about this. It's, it's really ca- about Michael Corleone. And it's called the Godfather. And it's so called you the think, Godfather. You think so when you, you beat think the dog. We're talking about reversal. this. It's like so much going on with that script that right. people don't realize. And it's breaking all the rules. Mm-hmm. It has this long, like that whole sequence, like the whole wedding sequence. Right. If he was writing that today... I kid you not, babies. I kid you not. Some executive would say, we don't need that whole wedding right. scene. Oh, right. I, I hate to tell you, I've read so many. It, it, the wedding scenes countered with, um, no, I'm sorry, the baptism scene yes. oh, right. countered with the killing scene. <laughs> I read a Godfather passage every month oh, where somebody's God. like, this violent thing is happening. Well, oh, this good really, you know, and I'm always like, okay. It tells you, hey, when you got the genius level of that, but it's like that script. 
breaks all the rules. Right. Well, like, okay. and there's, there's no need for that whole wedding, but that wedding single is, is everything. I, it, I hate to tell you, Chris, that is an origin story. So The Godfather is the origin of Michael, Michael Corleone. Yeah. Oh. And, and so I think some, some origin stories can be fascinating because, you know, you may know Batman, right? Like, you have your idea of Batman, but like, the idea of, of like, wait a minute, what if I reimagined what we know about Batman and went deeper right. in and said, what could be in my origin story of it? Now, I, I agree with you that sometimes we just see the same origin story right. over and over again. Right. Like, what's the point? But I think those can be very interesting in and of themselves. Well, this is my thing about origin stories. But I, let me rephrase that a little bit. It's not that I don't, I mean, look, yes, The Godfather is a great <laughs> version of the origin story. So does Batman Begins and things like that. What I'm yeah. saying is it's like, you know, these it's, it's the sequel origin story that I don't necessarily want to see mm. because it's like I already know this person and love this person. What else are you going to tell me that you know? It's my it's my theory. I have this theory about 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 movies is that the movie is there's some moment in that story that is the most important day in that character's life. Right. Okay. So now, so if you did that and you did that well in the movie. Then the the origin movie sequel is now saying that was the most important day oh, in okay, his so life. You know. Not, it's like, it's like why today, right? Yeah, right. yeah okay. like why today? Like right. I, I thought the first movie did that. Right. You know, I mean, look, there's, I mean, there's certain movies that are. I mean, it's like Lawrence of Arabia. It's my favorite movie of all time. That's his origin which, story. Which uh, Lawrence of Arabia. Oh, really? It's like it's, you know, like that's his origin story. Mm-hmm. He comes in as some some map maker in right. Cairo, and next he becomes Ooh. this you know T. E. Lawrence, the guy right. you know to put whatever. But it's like that. I mean, the whole thing about it is you know like show me something about these people, and if we're going on the journey to take them from I'm the war hero, right. Michael Corleone, and my whole family has kept me out of the mob business to. Go um, legit. I'm the to, one that can go legit. You know, like the doors being closed on my wife because I'm now the the, the evil Don. Right. I mean, that's the. I mean, that's the story that you got to tell. So, uh, you so know? you can break Chris's rule, but you have to break it well. You have to. That's over here. You have to break it real. See, there's the thing about this. Is the thing about that movie. I think a lot of people don't real. Uh, they just skip it. Is that? But the Godfather. The Godfather. Okay. Is on this. Is that? And we always say, oh, you're writing this movie now. You couldn't do the origin story and blah, 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 blah. I mean, you couldn't do the wedding thing in the beginning. And I guarantee you that Francis Coppola probably had that issue a little bit. But he just come off a win of the Oscar for writing Patton. Right. So he's got a lot of leeway to say, I'm going to do the hell I want. Right. Mm-hmm. I got, like, like, I've earned this to do it, to, to break all the rules, to come in with this one shot on, you know, this, this low lit with, mm-hmm. with, you know, fighting with this Robert Evans about the shit, with the way it looks to make that work. Right. And the audience loves it. Right. And it's like 40 some years later and we're still talking I about still, it. Oh my God. It's one that. of the best. I, and, I t- and that's why I love that movie. Like people don't like, it's like one of the best origin stories. It's like a Greek tragedy. Mm-hmm. It's also the one of the most American films in terms of what it means to become American. Mm-hmm. And one of the things that people felt like the older I get and the more times, because I know you know I watch The Godfather at least once a year. Right. It's a tradition. <laughs> it's a holiday tradition. <laughs> Christmas time, I make a little design, I get the wine, I call my Italian family, like, hey, I'm watching The Godfather again. <laughs> ah! She's always hiding guns in the My dad's like, again? I need my cannolis. Again? Oh my God. Cannolis, please. And I'm 
picky with my cannoli, so I can tell if it's real. <laughs> I can tell some real Italian hands have touched you said, yeah, you that stuff. Right, that right, you you, you got to right do the ricotta cheese. cheese. Listen, yeah. what, what's a cannoli without ricotta cheese, Maybe right? that fake whipped cream Come stuff on. in it, too. Right, right, but right. I have, I have cussed people out in stores, okay? But it's like it's like one of the great, like, Amer- like it's one of those stories where if he would have let him kept his culture, he would have been great. And I say this because, remember in that movie, when his wife, his Italian wife died, that was like the downhill slide. Because once he got what he got, well, what's her name? And she did not okay. fall in line. And he was trying to do the, he, he didn't have that support at home to have that balance of his culture and becoming right. what it meant to be American. I think he would have been more successful had his first wife lived mm-hmm. because she would have been like, I love you. I support you. You've got these two warring cultures trying to figure it out. And this poor guy is split. And it's just, it's such a, a great analogy for what it means to be an immigrant to come to this country and trying to figure out your own place. And when people you know don't why? allow you to be immigrants, yeah, to get yeah, the job you know, be, to be your own place <laughs> and at the levels of it and how <laughs> it's just, it's like the perfect. And like every time I watch it, I learn something new it's like one of the most perfect movies and it's always funny to go back and listen to the dvd commentary of all the stress he went through yeah. man damn near had a heart attack when he later started doing apocalypse now and you know it caused a lot of health yeah. problems i'm surprised he's still married because i was his wife i would have been like look you <laughs> we're not gonna make it mm-hmm. <laughs> i'm taking the babies and i'm going we're not, no you can't use the baby at the closing scene for the big fight scene at the end you can't use the baby oh yeah that's sophia isn't it uh, yeah, yeah sophia coppola yeah. but it's just like wanna... one of those great script movies and it, to me that movie it just breaks so many rules. Right. So I want to jump on well. something for before we let you go. <clears throat> so first of all, we have a new book, Break the Rules. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So right. yep. Mm-hmm. The other thing I want to talk about is um, let's talk about your classes and how can people, you know, get What's in contact with you and all that stuff. Like okay, that. so What's so that? I've been teaching TV since I saw you guys, right. which I'm really happy about because we all love TV. So I do a one hour TV class now. I'm sorry, one hour. I do a. Uh, an all-day right. class from 10 a.m. to 5 p.m. I gotta do one of the and, all-day classes. Uh, yeah, I gotta come really, back. I gotta come back because you'll leave with not only you'll you'll leave with an entire pitch of your series. Mm-hmm. Then we talk about the pilot and how to structure and look at the pilot, um, so that everybody kind of leaves with a, a really solid plan. Okay. And uh, Carol Kirshner has been coming in the last hour of it to talk the business side. Gotcha. Because I don't it's feel worth it for, comfortable for Carol, about that. Carol yeah, she's great. Mm-hmm. So we've been doing that. I, I do that about every three months or so. There's okay. another one of that in February. Um, in January, uh, Lee and I do, Lee Jessup and I mm-hmm. do a once a year business pitch class. Okay. So we're doing that at the end of January. And then also in January is my six week first draft class, mm-hmm. which draft you class. can do for feature or for TV. And basically it takes you from idea to pages. Lisa has done that one for sure. Mm-hmm. I've done and, yes. uh, yeah. And then every, every couple of months I do the rewrite class, but I don't do it a six week anymore. I do it as a two day okay. class and people come in from all over the world right. now, yeah. which is amazing. Like we have people, I had somebody from, Australia, from Sweden, from it was it was crazy. The can, last I, can, one I, can I tell you something? Sunny. That every time I see you, I tell you this, and you always look at me with like the sheepish dogish eyes. <laughs> like I don't know. <laughs> I feel like you don't charge enough <laughs> for what you provide for. No, I'm serious. <laughs> Is this on tape? That's good. No, I'm ser- <laughs> no, I'm serious. I'm serious when I say this because compare. I've seen other people, and with I always feel like. You undercharge for what you give I, people. Look, I, I, but I appreciate I, you for the working class I, people who try I raise my, my prices uh, okay. a little bit yeah, okay. uh, a little higher, every year. Yeah. You know, just a little bit, but I always want it to be something that I myself could afford. Mm-hmm. You know, that, or, or that if I was at a certain place and if I was a writer, mm-hmm. you know, 
I need to go to somebody that I could go to again, right. Right. you know? And so that's how I feel about it. And once you, and classes are my favorite thing to do mm. in the world. So I'll give you discounts forever yeah. to, to have you take my classes. Right. Cause I know once you take them, you'll take another. Right. You will take right. Yeah. Right. Yes. So actually I'd like to say that anybody who is um, a listener of yours immediately gets 10% off All right, people. Um, classes, not consoles, but classes. classes. So you just write me okay. at Pilar at on the page TV or inquire at on the page TV and I'll give you the coupon code and then you know then I can see you in class which would be Good. awesome yeah, because you always, I always <coughs> felt when I took your classes I always felt energized mm-hmm. you know how sometimes you take the writing class and you're just so drained and tired like oh I've gotten through it but with your class I always felt like I felt when I left I felt like hmm I have some tools I'm excited I'm ready to you feel inspired. I feel right. inspired. See, that's right. fantastic. And that's, and that's 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 not an easy. That's a skill mm-hmm. that you, you should, have. You shouldn't feel brought down by a, a teacher. That, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. No, that's, 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 that's what I'm saying. There's a few teachers. In no, no, that's what I was going to say. say. You walk out feeling. No, you walk out like I got teacher? some work, right. but you feel like you're inspired that you can handle it. That this is something that you can do. Some people can go into writer classes and you feel like, oh my god, I don't know, can But with your classes, I felt like I'm gonna be, I'm gonna do some work. We're gonna be doing some work. But I feel like I can handle it. Because like I said, you give us tools, like the passes, how you make things easy, you know, and little chunks that you can do. Like, for, for example, your book, the co- with the 10-minute sure. coffee. You know, come on. You can't coffee write something every writer, day for 10 minutes too. a day. Right. Come on. That means you're not a writer if you can't find the 10 minutes. Thank you. Then you're doing your life wrong. Well, you're, you're on social media, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and that's why I'm like, just take your social media time. Just take a little corner of it. Just right. take it off. And, and, right, and, exactly. And, right. And if, you, and if you can't, you know, I mean, what, what's his name? Like John August does that writing sprint for the hour. Right, right. right for the hour. I so mean, you can get a you lot know, of stuff done in an hour. hour. I mean, if you, if you turn everything off right. in your house, but maybe your music, right. and just go for an hour. But now it might take you a while to get up to an hour because it's yeah. hard if you're not Trained, yeah. Then, but get up to there, and you, and you get a lot done. Oh, oh, oh uh, that, I just want to. That reminds me. Uh, so we're also doing once a month writing marathons. Right. One is happening yes. right now. As Tell we us speak, how does that break down? As, as we work. speak, um, once a month, I open up the studio from nine a.m. to midnight. What? And yeah, yeah, I know. Once a month, and for sixty bucks, you you can sit there all day. There's free candy and coffee, <laughs> and a proctor sits at a desk, and <laughs> and they watch you and, make sure you write. Oh, they ring a little bell. Okay, <laughs> oh, they ring. Bell and then everybody writes for seventy five minutes and then they ring a bell and we get fifteen minute break and we do that all day long. Wow! And people, uh, it's been great. It's been going on for a year. Wow! And people have written scripts and books and made friends and I adore it. I'm so happy. Something I've always wanted to do. So yeah, check out the marathons as well. That sounds like so much fun. Sounds dope. It's really fun. Where can we find you? It's at onthepage.tv. Everything's there. So. What yeah. about are you, you? I know you're on Twitter. What's your Twitter? Yeah, at on the page. Okay. Um, but I'm not. I, right I don't right. love social media, <laughs> you know. So just I keep everything in that website. You can check out anything that that on the page has to offer yeah. that I have to offer. Um, I just wanted to know. I don't want to take you guys over, right, but can we talk about Kevin for a second? Yeah. Yes. Oh, okay. Because two, it's been two months. I, I was thinking about when we first started and just completely. Yeah. yeah. So it's yeah. been two years. <clears throat> yes. Yeah, since Kevin Kilbrew passed away, mm-hmm. which. I still think is not true. He is Elvis to me. I know. He is like Elvis right. somewhere out there. I'm right. going to come years, into my writer's studio. Yeah. He is going to be there right. just telling me the whole thing was a joke. Yes. I just right. know that yes. one of these days. Yes. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I miss him every Saturday. <clears throat> mm-hmm. Every Saturday. He was, he was inventive and funny and smart. And because he was... Um, uh, 
the organization of black screenwriters mm-hmm. um, has we've we've talked about a scholarship mm-hmm. where they are going to um, basically assign somebody every year mm-hmm. um, who embodies his his spirit and his creativity, and uh, they will take free classes at the on the page studios with me for a year. Wow, um, that's huge! And mm-hmm. that is huge. People a little console time with you guys right. too. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, Lee Jessup, uh, a, a, a session um, on the business as well. And so I would encourage people to join the organization of black screenwriters. It hasn't officially launched yet, Mm -hmm. but very, very soon. So you want to be one of those people that's Mm -hmm. in the running. So uh, sign up with them. Yes. um, I don't know what the the URL is for for that. Uh, I think it's OBS Writer. So check out, if you type in Google organization of black screenwriters, hey, Jennifer, (laughs) and all all my peeps, and David, everybody from over there. So yeah, definitely check it out. God, it's been two years. I haven't been in a year and a half. Yeah. So yeah. So just because you know, uh, Kevin and I were both in the same Saturday class with Pilar. So basically, she was like our writing muse. We come in with our pages, and basically we'd read our pages, and she'd give us our notes and just such creative stuff. And of course, those of you who remember Kevin, we had him coming in on on our podcast talking all the time, and just we, we just shenanigans. Chris, Chris kind of did what Kevin did. He just started coming every week, and just yeah, because Kevin Chris, came in. Cause we Kevin had Chris on like health, we had Kevin, said, on, like, Kevin eight on in, and Kevin yeah. and he just became like part of that. So now Chris is our like our other person. Just guess just come on in. You're just part of it. But <laughs> I definitely do miss Kevin's spirit. And he's, like I said, you can go back and check out our other uh, past episodes um, when Kevin Killebrew was on there. He was just an amazing, talented, creative person. That voice. And oh that my voice. God. Voice act, just everything. So, oh yeah. So please check out the Organization of Black Screenwriters. And I'm so glad you're allowing us to do that. Oh, in I'm, his I'm name, so in his excited. Spirit. I wanted to do it for, for a while. And we were all sort of batting around how to do this mm-hmm. effectively. And I think mm-hmm. this is the way to go. Yeah. Because also OBS is a great organization. Mm-hmm. So it'll encourage people to sign up for that as well. And that's well. how I first met Pilar when she right. came in, and I was like, "I need to go take that class." Right. Yeah, and that's how I, you know, <laughs> I took that class. How I re met Kevin because mm-hmm. we, we knew each other in the '90s, but then we re met. She don't. They don't want to. She uh, won't tell uh, why. Yes. They used to be backup right. singers. We were backup <laughs> singers for a group. She got pictures, y'all. Yes, we were. Big hair, '80s. It, it's, it was the '90s. It was let's the 90s? Be, let's be very clear. Was it the 90s? I am not let's that be old. Very clear. <laughs> <laughs> but we still had big hair in the 90s, didn't we? It was the 60s. What was that, 67, 67? Stop it. Stop it. No, it was the mid-90s. I got platforms on in that photo. No, <laughs> and we were in a world music band. Right. And Kevin and I were the backup singers. Yes. What was, was this? It was called... Whatever it was, he was wearing dashiki. Uh. He was. He totally was wearing a dashiki. And I, like, not understanding, like, what That's I should be wearing, hilarious. was wearing a little flower dress. Yes. Wow. <laughs> and high heels, of course. It's a world band. I still wear. What band was this? I can't hear to see the pictures. Oh, yeah. Do you remember the name of it at all? Well, it was just the world. I hate hate to bring it down, but so we backed up a guy named Ko, um, and Ko was again this incredible. Hawaiian singer who mm-hmm. went on to be a writer. We reconnected really? years later. I consulted on his mm-hmm. scripts, and um, he even made uh, one of his movies. And he just passed away as well. Aww, and wow. again, you know, much too right. young and really right. healthy and right. vibrant, just like Kevin. Right. So it's very odd. Mm-hmm. I, I'm just like everybody. You know what's weird? Yeah. It's, pay attention to your health. Right. Yeah. You know what's weird? And Kevin was Mr. Health. Yes. He was. Dietitian, he professional was. dietitian. We actually did a whole episode about. About yes. writing and, and how to keep yourself healthy. healthy. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> and it's weird. So I got married two years ago, October 26th. Oh. And a week later, we were in Hawaii. 
And I, I what did I find it on? on somebody sent me an email. Mm-hmm. It was something out the blue. His, his cousin or something was like, who was this reaching me? And I hear I called you. Text me. I'm in, like, in Hawaii. What? And I was like, what? You know, I was like, this can't be true. And then right. started oh, yeah. calling people, and right. it was like, well, yeah, because oh, right. we were at the we were at the reception at your um right. That yeah, did you make Hollywood? And, right. I, and he was there with you, and I was right. talking with him then. He, that's two years ago too. Two years yes. ago. Here's here's, yeah. here's something to think about with anybody that you think is special later. in your life. Mm-hmm. So I did this with my mom in right after right after Kevin passed. Mm-hmm. It inspired me to sit down and do a podcast with my mom. Where oh, we, that's right. I did hear that. Yeah, yes. where we looked at um, her life. We broke it down into five year increments, or, right. or I should say ten year in- increments. Mm-hmm. And I, I basically gave a log line for all these different parts of her life because every part of your life is its own movie. Mm. And it was so great because as I loglined her life, she could fill in the details. Wow. And I was so glad I did that. I think you should do this with any interesting person in your life. Go like, what do you think is your movie? Mm-hmm. If somebody was going to do about a movie, they might sit down and they might say, well, I once did this. Mm-hmm. And right. you could think about the log line. Well, I, I once did that. And you'll get to know them in a really unique way that doesn't make them feel like they're spilling their guts. Yeah. But it, it gets you inside of their life. And like I said, I was inspired to do this because Kevin had passed away. Right. And I wished I had, had sat down and done this with him because I thought he was fascinating. Mm-hmm. And my mom passed away mm-hmm. a couple mm-hmm. months later yeah. uh, in April after yeah. doing this with her in right. January. Right. So again, like anybody you think is special, mm-hmm. find the movie of their yes. life. You will, you will never regret you that you regret did that. that. So On people, that note, that's a good one. Right? Yes. <laughs> Please, people, go out. The Coffee Breaks Runner Breaks the Rules A Guide for the Rebel Writer Pilar Alessandra Make sure you follow her On Twitter Please people Take her classes right. You know I don't Recommend people Like <laughs> <laughs> Some people's name I don't even mention But I'm telling you This is the person Who if you've learned anything, If you've learned you, Anything from me This is who I got it from right. So this is my mentor And it's like Like I said Anything I write That's a screenplay related If I need it to go through And do something I get it to her Because every single script That I've written That she's given me notes on Has always done well and has gotten me places where I probably wouldn't have gone to if she hadn't right. been like Lisa. No, <laughs> take that out right now. But Pilar, I think this really this is the minute. No, <laughs> that's gotta go. <laughs> this is going right now. <laughs> this isn't a rule, just a guideline. That's just a guideline. <laughs> well, thank you so much, Pilar. We really appreciate having you. Yes. Thank you for having you know, me on the show. Yes. I, you know, I have been thinking about you guys ever since I did this show because I had so much fun. I had so much fun when you were on the show. Mm-hmm. You're going to be back soon. Definitely. Yes. Chris? Chris, you're going to come in? Come on, too? Come to your studio. Oh, I'd love that. That's fine. And, you know... I might take the class in January when you're talking about. I'd love that. Cool. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's just what you're... The information that you're providing people is excellent. And people have nothing but positive things to say. So, well done. Yes. And, of course, you know, you're family, so you can come anytime you want. Thank you. I'll be here next week. I come here next week and hang out. Okay. We've been sitting here chilling (laughs) with some snacks. And I'm so so proud of you, Hilliard. Is it because Pilar's here and you've got the healthy things out? Maybe. Yeah. Okay. I also knew that um, Adriana. Oh, she is. Okay. My, my my manager's here, Adriana Robin. Shout out to her. Yes. Um, so I was like, um, so that's the other reason. Oh, that's I'm so gonna nice. Have, I'm going to have some, some nuts and yeah. fruit right I was just after thanking this. you. We were just thank you on air. Yes, yeah. for bringing all the lovely, healthy foods. Oh, thank you. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, no problem. Mm-hmm. Where you at, Chris? Well, you know what? You were missing something the other day, so I had to make an adjustment. Um, 
But I'm on Twitter right. at, at UnauthorizedCBD, and you can find me on the website, which is ShadowboxerCinema.net. But you can find us at DerekBrothers.com. Oh, you got a new DerekBrothers.com? You know, just like, I mean, it was DerekBrothers.com, and it'll, Good. Send, you, you need to do that. and it'll send you right to Shadowboxer. Yes. Good, love it, love it. Nice. Hey, um, what about the shirts? Did you, did you drop them yet? I dropped the shirts. <clears throat> yes, I dropped tell, the shirts. Tell Pilar what that is. So, what's that? So I started doing some merchandising um, on our site, and the first shirt um, is called um, Cinema Queens. And it's just the listing of the names of like these the, of these seven female directors, or black, or black directors, wow. who I think are like you know who are doing something major and making a noise for themselves. And I think that you know that that the audience should just be you know like more aware of their work. So it's right. it's like Ava DuVernay, it's like Dee Reese, it's mm-hmm. like Julie Dash, it's like Casey Lemons, it's like Victoria Mahoney. Right. So those are the Linnell nice. White, Linnell That's White, awesome. Linnell will be on there next, year. Be on there next year, right? <laughs> <laughs> uh, first of all, Linnell, I, I got to tell you, stop biting my style. Because what you're wearing is typically what I wear on the weekends. Yeah, why my you jeans, my baseball shirts, okay, my hoop earrings. I looked up and for a second I thought, is that me? Oh my God, am, I having, am I having an out-of-body experience right now? That'll be on the next podcast. Oh, I'm people. sticking around. I'm not going anywhere. So where are you at, Lisa? Uh, I'll be at Chris uh, Pines' house <laughs> with, with, with Chris Evans cooking me lunch <laughs> with, with his beard. <laughs> if he doesn't have a beard, we're not going to the house. Me and Chris wow. are getting back in the car. We're not going over Something there. Something with a Chris in it, right? <laughs> right? Oh. No, you can find me at Twitter, uh, What Fresh Hell Is This? Um, come and see me. Uh, those of you who are going to Universal FanCon in April, I got to hurry and get my plane ticket. And I have my ticket to go, but I need to get my room and everything. So if you're going to go check out Universal Fan Con if you follow Black Girl Where Nerds. It? It's going to be in Baltimore in April, I think the weekend of the 27th. It's the it's the very first inaugural one, it's like one of those universal, inclusive, like it's all the people that I follow on Twitter who are awesome and amazing, who are trying to make this world Pilar better. Pilar should be there teaching You need to come, Pilar. Pilar. Okay. I'll What's send the, you the, the link. The, the female action hero, one thing, the, the class you teach? Uh, writing the female-driven screenplay? I'm yes. that's the one. I, I may have to hit you up and talk about, uh, right. depending on what your schedule is in April. Mm-hmm. It's April, the weekend of April 27th, but it's the first Universal Fan Con. They have a lot of big name people who've been right. supporting us black women nerdy people on Twitter yeah. who are coming and they are supportive. So it's going to be an amazing event. So if you're going, you'll see me there. Uh, I will probably have a shirt made up that says, what fresh hell is this with my black mermaid? Because here's the thing. Here's the thing with the Twitter folks. When you don't have your real name, and I apologize (laughs) in advance to the people I see there. Some of you may come up to me and say hi, but I only know you by your Twitter avatar. (laughs) So if you don't look like a kitten... Right. Or Chris Evans and his <laughs> Captain America regalia. I'm not going to know who you are. So you need to be able to tell me what your Twitter handle is. So when I see you and give you a hug, I'll be like, oh, that's who you are. Aww. So that's going to be a lot of fun. So check me out in April. Right. Wow. Mm-hmm. It's gonna be and fun. I am your host, Hilliard Guest. You guys you, can find me on Twitter. Why are you looking you? at me all crazy, people? Where can we find you? <laughs> what are you doing? You guys can follow the show, Screenwriters RR, on Twitter. Any questions, screenwritersrantroom at gmail.com. <clears throat> oh, before Please, I forget, I'm sorry. I know, I got to say this. No, because it only just happened, and I know if I don't say it Can now. I finish it? Then you do All right, it. go ahead. Go ahead and finish. Go ahead and finish. <laughs> <laughs> Any questions, screenwritersrantroom at gmail.com. Hit us up. Um, um, I'm, I'm, now I'm going blank on some stuff. See? I'm sorry. See I apologize. Abuse? No, keep going. Follow us on um, Facebook. I always forget that one. Um, also, um, please go on, give us a five-star review on iTunes, Stitcher, whatever you guys have. 
um, SoundCloud, whatever. <clears throat> um, what else? God, there's so much stuff going on. Yeah. Uh, that's all I got to say. Uh, what you got? Did so you uh, this is for folks out in, uh, for Indian country and those of us in uh, film. Right. Remember, I just want to say uh, condolences to Steve Revis's family. Uh, um, he's the Blackfoot native uh, actor who just passed away on Thursday. Right. Many of you remember him from Dance of the Wolves, from Fargo, um, The Longest Yard. Um, he was only 55. He was that young? He was young. Wow. All right. So he's one of those, <laughs> and there's not that many people, you know, indigenous people who do film. And, you know, he had a really wonderful career and he was just really a really good dude. But he just passed away Thursday. So shout out to his family, those of us in Indian country and those of us who are native folks why you need who are filmmakers, watch, who are actors, you know. Which is why you need to watch Godless. They got some <sighs> real Native American actors playing, aren't they? They are. I've only watched two episodes. Oh, episode two and three. And then they got the Buffalo Soldier. In there. Oh, they got a lot going on. Have you seen it? No. Oh, girl. So anyway, wanted to make sure I gave that <laughs> shout out. Anyway, um, so join in with me, everybody. Y'all know how we do it. Thank you guys for listening to the Rant Room again. You know how we do it. We keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, Pilar? Wakanda. Wakanda. Forever. Woo. Peace, y'all. Ciao. I'm going to say what I feel, and I promise to keep it real. Welcome to the Rant Room. Well, you gotta be a rider till your fears are diminishing, the doubts are behind ya. It's hard to grind, and the business got me stressed in the rent room. We let that shit up off our chest. You know, the street nerds got no time for no caca. Sass in class, yes, they used to bowl a kaja. Never have to guess when you're listening to Hilliard. He gon' bring more game than a shark playing billiards. It's all about the crap of screenwriting. It's exciting when you turn an outline into something enlightening. You're pinning words all like bullets in a gun. Write what you feel, say what you want. Welcome to the Red Room. Red Room. Red Room.